this time a little bit longer it's gonna be a couple of weeks for us for them it'll be a week <laughs> for you it's been a week it's been a week it's, it's been a whole week i hope i hope your week's been well actually well our week or their week my yeah, week their week i don't really care about your week bro <laughs> i always be listen i care about me that's what matters all right how, how are <laughs> you I, I, how are you how are you how am i i'm good yeah like half term I know that makes you sound like a child, but <laughs> if you if man you if you're diligently watching, I, I remember, you remember from last week that man works in a school, so man, I get a week away from these kids. So see, he tells me he works in the school. <laughs> I'm still yet to confirm this. Yet to confirm it. I might just be. He's probably just there hanging outside playgrounds, waving. <laughs> okay. Again. So uh, again, this week we're gonna go swingers again afterwards. <laughs> And I mean, that's just going to be the thing at the end of every week. So if you start hearing, like, pop, 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 yes, give my date. At the, end, at the end of every episode, it's because I banged this guy in his face. Oh, okay, give, yeah, give and take. We hope you had a good week. Why are you running? <laughs> Why are you running? Why are you running? Because I have an angry eye chasing me. Yeah. Distracting with, like, little children. Then you'll be fine. Okay, you know what, we're going to start this because I'm tired of this guy, every, I feel like this is going to be the pattern at the beginning of every single one, just you just chatting shit about my life. Okay, start off with, let's, well, well, I guess, I guess the best place to start for me would be, I think an important subject that I'm um, thinking about at the moment is that whole process of being a student or being someone that's maybe just come out of education and just making that transfer to work in life. I think it's super relevant to a lot of the people that are going to listen to this. And for the guys that have already gone through this, like myself, it's really nice to, like, reminisce. And, and ladies. And ladies. Well, guys, I feel like guys is, like, not too... <laughs> is that our focus? Yeah. I, I, I feel like girls can, you can call girls guys. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, hey, guys. I like you know, that. Like, the start of all those YouTube channels. Like, no non-gender-specific terms. For the, for the yeah. Thing. And for any of you guys that want to be guys that are guys, <laughs> I don't know where I'm really going with this. <laughs> Did that. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, I've just basically gone from education to education, basically. Gone straight back into ah, school. It's, it's weird that you, Yeah, that's actually crazy. No, but like, okay, it's still, okay, it's still a workplace. And um, that transition. I think for me, it's a weird one, though, because... 
I've gone from, because I'm working in a school and I'm working obviously with like teachers, being a bit of that kind of mentality of that kind of authoritative teachers is still in me. So like I'm like my like wow. the people who are head teachers and the, the head teachers actually had the other teachers. Obviously they just teach they just speak to me like an adult. But it's yeah. taken me a while to get from that place to realise, no, I'm an actual adult. Like <laughs> I can I can yeah. chat to them about their 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 marriages and their like kids at home and like I swear, you actually having those conversations. Yeah, no, because they just they just speak to me normally and obviously they, they vary in age from like I mean, twenty three all the way through to like I see some of my teachers now just, like, walking on road, which, for me, is also weird. Like, oh, you guys are actually out and about in the in public. Life. Do um, you do that real life, yeah? And I still, like, don't know what to call them. Do I call you sir? Do I, I, do I call that. you, like, Sarah? You, you call like... Kevin? <laughs> no, because we went back for a few, like, um, like old-school, like, old-boy rugby games, and then, obviously, yeah. the teachers just check, like, you go in pub afterwards. It's like... Am I still calling you Mr. So-and-so? Am I still yeah, calling yeah, you like, how, Can I you? call you Gary? I'm Matt. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's just that weird transition that you go from... Even though university is meant to be like you're already kind of an adult. I, I still, found it weird. I didn't even know what to call my lecturer. Even though I know I'm supposed to call them by their first name. But really? that was still... We, it depends on... Like, some lecturers, like, some lecturers, like, yeah. Although I remember we had this one lecturer who was like, make sure you refer to me by my actual title, which is either Sir something or Professor whatever. See, that's what I'm saying. like, bro, calm down. Like, it's 11 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday. Like, just... Oh, honestly. I'm going to call you Gustav or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) One of them next day. (laughs) But I don't even know. So, yeah, but um, but also, I think because that mindset, like, you go from uni to the workplace, Mm. and because you've just kind of, for a lot of people, gone from a pipeline straight from school... You're an adult, but you haven't really experienced the working world too much. So I guess there's a bit of just building over that. Well, at least for me anyway. But, but it didn't take long. Yeah, I, feel, I, th- I think it's really, really weird. Because, yeah, you just saying um, education to education. I don't know, that would scare me, man. Entering, a, like, what, what, which school do you... What stage of school is it? Oh, it's primary school. Primary school. So mm. do they call you Mr... They call me Mr. Adonis. Oh, it would be mad, like, these seven-year-olds calling you by your first name. You know? Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's a bit mad, though. And also, like, I just I never thought I'd even go in that field, but then it's bad in that risk because it works, it ties in quite well because that's part of the whole being an adult and being, being in a proper workplace that like, I'm still getting over. Because I'm, like an authority to these kids and yeah. it's like and I have to like you know I it's just it's just a weird it's just a weird kind of dynamic because I'm still kind of in the mindset like rah like these are age mates but they're not age mates at all but I see reason why I could never like do that as well and by the way guys we will talk about students transferring to <laughs> the work life yeah. but um, just focus on me first that's yeah what. honestly some of these kids I just, I just think they need a slap bro it's right. mad, but some, yeah. some of them just need... Honestly, you don't even understand. Like, you, you, what, you, what is your mom you, doing at home? Sir, like, madam, you haven't caught hands. You don't even understand. There's like this one kid in my school, actually, who's just... He was just... Well, insolent little shit. That's <laughs> the only thing to describe him. He was just... He goes through these weird anger phases and he just switches randomly. Oh, he's going to shoot up the tables. school, bro. <laughs> he's trying to shoot up the school. The thing, is, the, the thing is, the second his mum said to him, I'm no, like, I'm no longer on your side... His behaviour changed immediately. So, like, his mum was always saying, oh, I was blaming the teachers, blaming the other kids, saying he was getting bullied. Even though this, this eight-year-old was going around calling one kid a fat Indian, man was going around calling telling people to fuck off. And I'm like, 
Bro, you've been alive for like eight years and this is the energy you're bringing. And he's just... Uh, I've never wanted to give a kid a slap more in my life. But then, yeah, his parents clearly weren't disciplining him enough, so... Yeah, but... Um, you know what? Let's actually focus on the actual student to work in life and you have to deal with fucking yeah, terrible no, kids. But that's, but that's the thing, bro. Like, genuinely... They, some of them do need to catch some hands. Like, you know, this whole thing I might about... do it. You know, I might just risk my career and just bang them in the face. <laughs> just fucking... Psh, bang. Just bang. Just... Just a dig to the ribs. <laughs> no, we don't condone that. No violence against kids out here. Maybe... However, would you ever slap your kids? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. No, okay, l- listen. Yeah, but, like, um... I don't, I don't think I'll beat my kids the way I got beaten. <laughs> no, but see, everybody says that. Everyone everyone our age says that. You know what? You know what? Maybe, yeah, the beatings were necessary, but I would never take it as far as my parents did. No, but I don't me. think... I, I think it's just temperament as well. I think it's just upbringing because... What does the beats teach you? What did you get out of the beats? <laughs> don't fuck about. <laughs> <laughs> no, beats just... All beats just... It just lets you know that... You, your parents aren't here to play games. But yeah, I feel like I can be installed in you anyway, but it's a bit of a quicker way. When <laughs> no, because I said this, to be real. I said, I don't, I don't have the time to parent you. Well, that's so, the way it boils down to you. Like, every parent is trying to get to that same conclusion where it's like, I, la- I love you, I, like, I want to be friendly with you, but when I tell you to do something, do it, and don't disobey me. All these other parenting techniques of sitting on the naughty step or grounding someone. There was it, no naughty step in my house, you know. The, no- the whole stairs just dashing I, only, I watched that naughty step thing on TV thinking, raw, <laughs> them kids got it good. Just a naughty step, just face the corner. You know that, like, Think kind of um, emergency nanny, like one of those uh, Super nanny, yeah. Super yeah, nanny, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she would tell those kids to sit on the step. I was like... I was thinking... My that. dad never told me to sit on those steps. I'll tell you that now. I used to watch that program thinking, I don't even know what's going on here. Kids are swearing at their parents. That for me was just... What is, the, what is that? Foreign. <laughs> Foreign. I, I, you know what? I, I just think it's certain cultures. Maybe it's a cultural thing, bro. Yeah, it's quite interesting. It's quite... <laughs> That's a quite interesting Because, you know, we're in a like, quite interesting country. We're in a quite... Very... <laughs> Yeah, no, it's quite interesting, yeah. I just, I just And you couldn't. have to avoid, uh, abide by those quite, <laughs> quite interesting, interesting rules. rules. <laughs> you have to. So, obviously, I'm not, not going to incriminate myself. But I think, realistically, I probably will end up giving them the odd slap here and there. Just, like, just a little, not too mm. much power. Mm. Just mm. slight, you know, when you just bust the shoulder a bit back and just... Ooh, you're going to cut the shoulder back. Yeah, I, just, I feel like it's all wrist action, you know. It's just... No shoulder. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, if they start getting body movement, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to be able to stop, like... Yeah, just stop banging it. <laughs> just da- dancing over your son, like, yes. <laughs> One, two... <laughs> just WWE. I put my son in, in the back Jericho. I might not beat him, but I put my son in Wars Jericho. <laughs> no, because... That way, there's not like there's not any marks on him, but like <laughs> if he, he's been putting awards at Jericho, he knows number one, his dad's a wrestling champion, That's and then so he knows jokes. number two. <laughs> That's so jokes. He's not gonna, <laughs> if my if my, any of my parents put me in awards at Jericho, I probably would have been better behaved. But see, this is this is the thing though. For me, I'm just like, I don't know if I could necessarily 
beat my kids. Just because, from my experience, yeah, all it instilled in me was just fearing my old man. And it took me, like, a while to realise, oh, man, this guy actually, like, likes me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, on a, on a genuine thing. Because I was... I was, actually don't even hate me still. <laughs> I, was, I was quite... I don't know, I think I, I've, I've always naturally had a bit of a cheeky side. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know it's that more uh, than most. <laughs> I know nothing. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> um, so I've always naturally been quite a cheeky chap in terms of like trying to like cut the corners where I feel like corners may be able to cut. And in an African household... That's I cut the corners. You boy, cut everything from lines. Boy. <laughs> to, I'm yeah. telling you. But for me... I, I, I have a large chunk of my childhood where I just remember just catching those hands. Like, just Oh, yeah, same. But like, it was weird with me. Like, I feel like I always... I was such a mummy's boy. I still am now. But I was... Such, yeah, like, same, same. Yeah, like, when I got... So, obviously, my mum was the main person, like, bring me up, like, giving me beats. Mm. But, like, I was in this weird stage of mine where, like, yeah, I very much was scared of her. But at the same time, it was still like, oh, mum, it? But, but... Yeah. But then it also, I do, I do understand how somehow on a certain level... Like, there was fear there, the point of, like, disproportionate amount of fear. I'm pretty sure... But you know what? That's why I think mothers are the best people. If anyone's going to hand out the beatings, I think it's mothers. Because they just have that... I feel like there's love behind the beating when it comes to mums. I don't know why. Part of me is kind of happy, I know, because, like... Them male beats must have hurt. Like, brother. A bit more. Brother. Because you, you know what it is, yeah? I feel like my mum also did have the luxury of being, like, good cop a lot of the time. Or when I pissed her off, she was like, I'm going I'm to call your dad. Uh, do, you, do, you want, do you want your dad to come you're, in you're here? Done, you're done. You're, you're finished. You're, you're done out here. At that moment, Kay knew he had fucked okay. up. Perfect. When, you, when, when you hear my dad say, what? <laughs> there's, What's there's no going why. on down there? <laughs> there's no why. There's no why. And she just screams, Remy! <laughs> no, but on on a real, I feel like if my mum ever beat me, I just felt like there was a sense of, I love you, but you need to learn. Whereas at some point, I just felt like, yo, my dad just don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> this just, I'm not going to lie, this guy's just banging but that's it's it a anyways. it's such a fine balance though because mm. obviously growing up now obviously there was so much like love there yeah like my dad's like the closest person like one of the closest people to me in life now yeah so it hasn't like um damaged our relationship but i definitely think it delayed the relationship yeah, entirely happened. but that's all i think that's a i, I always like follow like, these conversations regards to like child rearing on twitter and it's always about like people come to say about gonna ask like west african families even sometimes caribbean families um, where they've just been, they've been reared by beats. They've been brought up by beats. Yeah. And like, you know, you do wrong, you're going to get smacked. You misbehave in school, you're going to get smacked. Mm. I'm, in a, I'm in a bad mood, you're going to get smacked. And then, and, and it, obviously, looking across the board, it's never really seemed to vastly change how people love their parents. But there's a general agreement that, like, it has negatively overall affected. So that's why, it, like... I don't, I've, I've never really kind of, if I'm going to be true to myself, I feel like I, I can't necessarily say there's no way I'd ever, ever smack my child. But I think what's important is the way it's supplemented. Because I don't think a lot of the experiences a lot of people from like Nigerian, Ghanaian, Jamaican households never had was kind of like words with beats. It was just that 
I'm beating you. There's no conversation afterwards. The next time I speak to you, yeah, it's you're supposed be, to be fine. Is yeah. Next time I speak to you, is just do you want dinner or do you want thing? No articulation of why I'm angry. Yeah. No actual clear, concise. Because to, to and, a, and no apology either. To if a, you're wrong, yeah, yeah. To a kid, getting a slap is really big. Mm. Like I remember going through some like <laughs> like yo, I'm I'm packing my bags. I'm at, this is what, no, this is know, like a six year old. <laughs> When you're, in your, when you're in your room, you can't you can't smash anything. Yeah. You can't make sure, oh my God, yeah, yeah, you can't. <laughs> if those of you that can't see, Ayo looks constipated right now. <laughs> but like, it's 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 uh, mad because it's a big thing to you, bro. Nah, you're you, like, oh, you know, you're, when I'm older and I'm guapping, you're getting nothing. <laughs> you leave this house, you can see me again. You never can see me. Trust me, trust me, trust me. So and then yeah, and then eventually. You stop getting beats. I forgot what age it stops, but like I don't think my mum's slapped me in years, like mm. a, a decade plus. Same. And um, and then I think since and I think in general when then it starts becoming more just about having a dynamic with your parent. But I think at that point it's a bit you're a bit too old for to for you to just completely not have been affected by just being beat, just being like getting beat. So yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a tricky one. But I say when it comes down to it, like. I like to say, are you, oh, it's against, it's against the law, it's against the law. I'm pretty sure it is. To... But, I mean, is, there, is that like a certain level? To, is, is it overall like beating or is it just... I think, that, see, that's the thing. I think everyone's very confused as to what exactly is, is the law in those kind of circumstances. Because obviously outside of your home, no, like no one can touch a child yeah. and you... Other definitely other people can't be trying to like slap up your child. But you go back when our parents were going to school, like that was a thing, like corporal punishment. Like. Even even in this country, you used to get yeah. like yeah, like, yeah I was, like, seriously, sixties catching the ruler and that. Like yeah. I was like 50, 50 lashes. <laughs> that so I I don't exactly know what your parents are necessarily legally allowed. Obviously, any term any form of abuse is almost even sometimes in the eye of the victim. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very, it's a very, very strange one. And we have to, I, I don't know enough to give an educated answer yeah. on that. But I think, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one. I don't it's, know it's, if it's, I it's could... A sticky, it's a sticky one. Yeah, because it's also being um, kind of like coming from an African culture, being brought up in... Um, Britain, London, mm. you also have that culture clash in terms of, yeah. yeah, I know this is what you man were doing in Lagos. <laughs> However, man's, in, in man's, in, man's in Enfield. <laughs> <laughs> man's in Hertfordshire right now. In so. Lagos in the 1980s, yeah. <laughs> no, the thing is, like, I'm not even one to be like dismissive of anything kind of related to Nigerian heritage, even though I'm here. But I think at the same time, I think there's, there is a regardless of not even to be like oh ethnocentric to like western ideals there is a generalized like i think there is definitely a semi-objective position you know that seems a bit like an oxymoron that like you can have where regardless of your culture a certain level of just physical kind of violence towards your child can can be harmful and yeah and definitely cause long-term kind of especially mentally yeah well especially well could be hopefully not physically long term, yeah. but like, yeah, like it's just that. So I think like regardless, and you be also you look at the dynamics of so many kind of like Nigerian families in general, or like 
African families in general, where they people talk about it's all just about your family. It's almost like it's a business. So it's in like it's not about it's not. It's, yeah, it's just it's like it's not about like it's a lot of the like you talk about the way people's parents literally an African family is you're there to make money <laughs> you're here to make money <laughs> I can't fire you you've come yeah I can't fire you the same way I brought you like, people are whipping out the P&Ls at the end of the month so what are you bringing to the table G like what are you bringing but if you have because uh, it ain't banter and it's not good looks you're, you're ugly <laughs> was it your termly evaluation just like what, what are you so I'm, are you to me so, so I, give, I give birth to you. Trust me. For you to just come and do nonsense <laughs> in my house. No, but that's, that's literally... So, like... So, you're sympathetic a bit because you think you hear some stories about how your parents were brought up or mm. their parents were brought up. Yeah, so you realise that, like... Yeah, you realise that it's, like... It's endemic. It's, it's all the way through. So, I'm not going to be so naive to say that, like... Also, I'm not saying the way they behaved or the way they were brought up was just they just had to be like that. But I feel there was elements of it which happened because of, you know, what it's like to have a child. But I think, like, you know, you grow and learn across the world. And as we are a new generation, the same way, we're all going to bring up our kids in certain ways that our kids will bring up their kids differently. But, so. you know, but that's the thing. You know, what's also interesting to me is that you will now talk to your parents, say, tomorrow, and you ask them... You've now been here, say, for, I don't know, like, 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. Sometimes even longer, like, 50 years. Yeah. Would you, if you were going to have a child now, would you have changed anything? I guarantee you 95% of them will be like, no. <laughs> I, I, I done did it the right way. No, but the thing is, this is also the inter- like, interesting point. I feel like when we have kids the way our parents will be like to our kids be so different the way they ask us. I think across the board, that happens across all cultures. Grandparents are different to their grandkids than they are to their kids. And I feel yeah. like my mum will not... I feel like my mum will be very different. It's like, just... I think, I think that's also... But no one wants to be me, the bad guy, right? Yeah, no, but that's me being the... Sympath- but I'm sympathetic to that in the sense that, like, it's much different when you're bringing up kids by yourself mm. and you, you're doing it for the first time compared to when you've done all of that and it's just a grandkid, which technically... You can do. You can just give the the, the night. Just have the nice moments with. But yeah. So, so on that. But I feel like again. But then I don't know. I don't know. I think like I don't know. I feel like um. I feel like um. I feel like my my mom's just learned. I think she had kids now. She do it differently. That's that's really interesting. But you're coming from um, almost like a single mother, like kind of like perspective, no? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So. I think you've had a unique experience in the sense that you've literally had to see because there was three of you. Yeah. Well, you you tell it, bro. Like it's your, it's your story. Oh wow, right. Episode two. So <laughs> you know that like, I'm the youngest. Like I got an older brother and older sister. But yeah, no, it's 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 great family, but like mainly reared by my mum, and she's obviously yeah just had to take the helm and do pretty much everything. So that's why they say it's always like it's a balancing act where it's like. Do you, do you feel like there wasn't... Do you think that she was almost deprived of the moments where she could just play, like, the good guy? Like, do you think she's... Yeah, I feel like if do she... You think it, she had to be, like, the disciplinarian or I, a lot more than she would have wanted to? Pretty much, yeah. I feel like a lot of the reason why maybe just in certain situations, which I might, like, retrospectively think are unfair... That even if maybe I've had conversations with my mum about it, even now she was like, "Oh yeah, no, maybe I was wrong there." 
was just it was a lot some of it was kind of like oh yeah i've i i'm doing this for the first time i want to just you know you're new to this country my mom even talks about how like obviously you have she came my parents came to the country in the 80s so yeah they were here through the whole like um steven lawrence like mm, damino mm, taylor mm. all that kind of stuff so i think like my mom knows mom, and that's the same kind of black mom fear anywhere like you want to make sure your boys aren't being stabbed or doing any of yeah. that. So in general, you're always going to be like, I'd rather to be overbearing than underbearing, and yeah. it just end up. So it's something that, when looking back at certain situations, which I might have deemed unfair, I can say, hey, like, I can understand. I can I can understand the perspective, even if I don't agree with the action. So yeah, that's why. I'm, that's why. But that's why I always try to be like people. People need to be less judgmental. You, yes, and you can have an overall like conversation about how to pick, bring up kids, and that everyone can take a piece from to for their own life. But let's be a little bit less judgmental about. Oh yeah, you did this with your kids mm. when you don't really know when it's. Then there's so many factors that come into yeah. it, like heritage, general culture, actual specific circumstance. So yeah, and I and I do think what's also worth saying is that from my experience, like just having a sneak peek into like a different culture, which I think is vastly different to the culture that I got brought up in. It's, it's like different. A, it's like a... No, not even quite different. Maybe, like, like Jam- Jamaicans and <laughs> Caribbeans. I was trying to find a really clever <laughs> way. I was going to say, Jamaican me crazy. <laughs> um, no, but I think their culture, even the way their family dynamic um, is so different to what, like, I'm used to that I saw from my cousins or... Um, other Africans, as much as we are, like, connected in terms of the appreciation um, for, like, togetherness, food, discipline, all of those kind of things. Yeah. There's definitely some stark differences in terms of, like, what I noticed. Just, like, say, going out with a Jamaican girl and seeing what those, what her family and the family around her, like, her wider family, how they interacted. Super different. Super, yeah. super different. In a sense that there was... There was a lot more onus on the wider family to bring up all of the young ones. If that makes any sense. Yeah, like the Where, like, aunties would babysit way more than, like, I'd say I'd see from a Nigerian side of things. Yeah, I feel like in Nigeria... Like like more like West African families, it's more like, how good is your in- immediate? Yeah, how long... How, it's like... It's kind of like a, everyone's a kind of having like a judgment scorecard on how your immediate family is doing. So it's yeah. like you, well, it was the way it's meant to be is that the mum and the dad bring up the kids and then, then you parade them in front of the rest of the aunties and uncles. Like, yeah. this is what me and him have done. Yeah. We've yeah. Done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, and as opposed to like, now we're just all in it together to do. So you, obviously Nigerian families are always mm. insanely huge, but like, it's often more of a case of like, yeah, we do us in this immediate family and then we show the rest of the yeah. wider family. Answer. Whereas yeah. with, from a... And don't get me wrong, this is specifically from my own experiences in life. Yeah, and I may, I may be wrong, but from a Caribbean perspective, I feel like there's way more input from your wider family. And sometimes that is good, sometimes that is bad. In terms of, I don't think your auntie can ever love you like your mum would love you. Yeah. For example. Mm. However, like, still having that wider base to, like, 
lean on and be together with. It's important. It's is, good. Yeah, it's really important. So, yeah, it was, it, it's interesting, bro. It's interesting. But nonetheless, Caribbeans and Africans, you will get slapped if you're young. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we share. You do wrong, you get beats. A yeah. spoon, a slipper. Anyway, <laughs> super, super big distraction. I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah. To get, like, your um, thoughts on that. But, yeah, being a student. All right. No, so. but it's a good first segue, though, to the next point, I think. Yeah. Black in the workplace. I mean, we haven't even addressed the student to work life thing yet, <laughs> which is mad. <laughs> which is actually... <laughs> okay, you know what? I said my bit. Tell us about you. you. So, you went from straight from... Did you go straight from uni into working, or you did you have a little bit of a gap? Um, what is that? I'd say I'd say I just went. I say I was working like straight into it. Mm. I whilst I was at um, university, for those of you who don't know, um, I mentioned in my last in the last episode, I um, started my own business. Um, very oh. a very I would go say, support that. Do yeah, it. Tish. do it. Um, Tish, Tish. So I started Tish in my second year of university. It was amazing. And by the third year, we had various collaborations under our belt, like 50 Cent, Bryson Tiller. Um, those, some other people that I'll talk about later in this episode that has kind of like shocked us actually. But we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, we've worked with loads of like incredible musicians and artists. And just to build, like, this whole kind of thing. Well, it was all around just a little cap brand, which is something that I just wanted to do to make some quick money. That's a little. <laughs> it's, it's gone huge. So when you started it off, like, everyone obviously supported it from the beginning, but I don't even think people even realised, like, you'd grow so quickly. I still remember when you dropped that 50 cent pick, I was like, hmm, what is this? <laughs> huh? I remember yeah. I was just scrolling, scrolling, I was like... <laughs> scrolled back <laughs> yeah that was that was crazy and shout out uncle five that's my g right there <laughs> um so yeah that was that, that was a mad experience but coming out of that um coming out of like almost i call education like the safety net because no matter what we're all doing in life up until that point you kind of like you just know minimum you either go school minimum uh I've got uni, like, I'm get my degree and get that job. Like, you just kind of see that as a given. So, yeah, that kind of, like, happened. And we, when as soon as you collect that certificate at the top of that stage, um, it becomes super, super real to you. That, wow, yeah. you're, you're in the real world. You're in the real place, yeah. And you've got to, like, you've got to get your shit together, yeah. like, real quick which is kind of, like, incredible to me. And, yeah, that was um, super humbling for me. And I think that really kind of, like, opened up my mind to the fact that, okay, in actual fact, it's not, it's not just about you anymore. It's actually about your whole future. So it's not about, oh, that degree's coming, just get a job. It's, like, actually putting everything into action. Like, you have to go out and do... You have to go and hunt those things down, like, yeah. chase down those contacts, nice. um, chase down those interviews. And, yeah, everything became, yeah, super, super real. And it's quite scary. And I think that's me that had, like, a fairly successful business for my age, for, like, a... Fairly, sure. For, like, an early 20-year-old. Like, that's me coming out with quite a bit behind me. But 
to be honest, for those that may not have done that, which I appreciate is the majority of people, if I felt like that, then definitely a lot of people would have come out of university or um, secondary school and college. They, they would have come out pretty fucking scared because it's a big world. The world suddenly feels very big. No, it's true. And I think, like, one thing I always had this idea, and I think it's, again, like, it's put so into you in Nigerian families or... Yeah, African families is that it's a pipeline that like you go to school, you get your GCSEs, you get your A-levels, you get your good degree, then you'll get your job and you'll be fine. But like, you graduate, and maybe maybe it was kind of like that, but you graduate now and there's like, there's so many people who've done your degree, who've got your same grade yep. from a similar ranking yep. university, there's like thousands of you, and so many people, and for example, like we both live in like London, and there's so many people who are from London or returning back to London, people in London who went to uni in London, yeah. people not from London who didn't go to uni in London, but now moving to London. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, and it's, it's just a bit insane. And then you also then realise that it's not even a straightforward, like, and there's also so many more jobs in the real world than you ever realised that, that there's more in the world than being a doctor, lawyer, engineer, yeah. or whatever. I said, like, literally. There's literally. So, many, so many different roles. And then I feel like universities, depending which ones you go to, I feel like Loughborough quite good about having like careers fairs and like showing you whatnot. But I think even still like even there's so still. there's so many there's so much shit you don't even know about or so many careers you don't even know about that you start finding after you start and then you also start realising that and I think that it's happened especially in like the social media age is that so many things that you were never really privy to start becoming like available to you as in different careers you could actually like um pursue. And you start realising that, no, I don't have to do exactly what yeah. my degree is or that. So, yeah, no, it's just... I think just, like, yeah, the bottom line of that one is just that you have time. Like, after you graduate, even though I know you might, like, speaking for someone who definitely comes, like, like I said in the last podcast, I think, who comes from a family where it's all about... Where it was really drilled into me that I need to go get a degree and get a job and then just start making money. So, like, at the age of 21, 22, like... Just stop and think about generally, like, what is it you actually want to do? And I know that seems a bit Ooh. idealistic, but it's, it's true, though, because I think, like, what... I'm shaking again, my head vigorously. Yes, yes, it's good. <laughs> it's good. I <laughs> Because it's true, though, because I know people... Before, that kind of thing would seem idealistic, but now we're, like... I definitely think in the social media age, there's so many ways to make money doing what you want to do. Pretty sure I said that last time, but, yeah, like... Like I said, there's Don's on Instagram photographing cupcakes, making thousands a month. Like, there's there's what? babies making millions by opening toys. <laughs> I generally, <laughs> yeah, they're Don on YouTube like that. Yeah, like, millions, millions, bro. millions. <laughs> so like, you can actually start from thinking about what you actually enjoy doing, and then use that as like a your foundation of thinking where you want to take your career. And I think in the long term it will be even better for you because you'll enjoy you enjoy doing it. So the whole process, whether it, it starts off as make, not making you as much money, whatever, will be something you'll hate less. And then, it's and, true. And, and in my opinion, it, makes, it means there's a long... And to a me, long for time. those of you that do love money as well, by as a just as a matter of fact, you're only going to get to that money until you do something that you actually like. Like, for me, that's just genuine facts. And it's not about not liking the hustle because like people like myself and now, some a lot people of love friends, being love entrepreneurship some people yeah some I people love, love maths i love some people love, exactly yeah. you need to love that struggle but understand that the journey is definitely way more important 
oh, this sounds corny as fuck. Yeah, I'm at, yeah, it's kind of moist. But carry on, we'll see how it ends. But the, the journey is definitely more important than your destination. Oh, it was even worse when you said that. It, was, but, it was really no, bad. But you know what? But you, you know, you're speaking the truth. That, 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 that journey, <laughs> that journey where you are having to stay up late, you're having to hustle hard, there are going to be times where you literally cannot see where your next move is coming from mm. and you're going to want to give up. But at the end of the day, you still have to have this kind of like underlying love for like what you're actually doing. Well, I think that's what, because I feel like there are people who are very rich off doing shit they hate, but I just don't think it's worth it in the long run. I feel like you could make, you could be, in terms of the financial kind of gap yeah. between doing something you hate and it making you more money and what you could possibly achieve making similar amounts of money, but doing something you love. I don't even think the gap... But your time, anything, your time is so precious. Yeah. Like, that time that it took for you to actually... It's much bigger than the gap between any kind of financial and difference. And it's... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... That's why I'm very focused on enjoying that, enjoying that journey. So, yeah, as a student, if you're going through all of this kind of, like, this angst, this anxiety, this rejection, um, or if you're actually just... You've, you've kind of, like, found what you want to do. You're suddenly in the job and you're like, fuck, maybe this isn't for me, but I actually... I don't want to be unemployed. Like, all of you need to understand that you're about to go through one of the hardest processes in life. Yeah. Like, genuinely, this is going to be... be... It'll be okay. It'll be fine. <laughs> I promise you. I should. Don't worry, baby girl. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm telling that to myself because I'm sort of in the midst of it, but it'll be all right. Listen, we'll, we'll make it. We'll make it. Go, it goes without saying. So... Please don't feel at all like um kind of like disheartened with a weird rejection letter. Kind of almost embrace it. I was I was reading this book about um kind of like manifesting things for yourself, and oh, yeah, is that what's it called? Um, the secret. The secret. Okay. It's, it's very. It's a. It's a really interesting book. Um, some of it's I agree with, some of it's I don't, but I do generally believe in the power of manifestation. I think and, it's uh, was it law of attraction. Law of attraction, yeah. yeah. I think it's incredible. Which is, by the way, for listeners who don't know, definitely not just me. No, the law, the law <laughs> of attraction. I think is the idea of you attract what you. And basically, the energy you put out is what you basically attract. Yeah, so precisely. You constantly speak on move towards and every do it, just act in a way which is towards what sh- shit you want to get done. Exactly. It will, it will come towards you. Yeah, the power of your thoughts. Like, you, yeah. your thoughts can actually bring and about the things that you're actually thinking about. So, law of attraction, law of... And power of manifestation. Power of manifestation. And the final one, I think, is the most important, is the law of source. If you have, if you have the source... <laughs> <laughs> and the drip. And that splah. If you hit that splah. <laughs> the law of source... <laughs> If you're one I'll, within the source, I was genuinely you, you thinking be about surrounded by source. For, for a split second, I was like, source? Like, I haven't got to that chapter yet. Like, it was. This is nigga talking about. What is this source? <laughs> I ain't never tasted sauce like this. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a, <laughs> I think it's a very, it's a very cool, cool like space that we're about to approach into. So, um. Okay, I about- I would I would generally say yeah you just gotta keep plugging away guys and manifest that shit for yourself and yeah. keep pushing and kind of like, like want to do yeah what you like to em- do embrace all of those all those like negatives and find that silver lining and just push on because once you're once you've landed on your feet as you're making that transition into working life and you slowly begin to adult because no 
adult ever really truly feels like the adult they are. Yeah, probably until true. you have kids, maybe. No, probably even further than that. I feel like apparently people are still confused at 60, which is a bit deep. <sighs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we, we kind of like have to appreciate all of those things happening. So, yeah, I would, I would definitely say stay in that positive line of thought. So as you reach work in life, I think it's um I think it's very important that we kind of like address almost this moment of okay, I'm a working man in a workplace. What does that workplace look like? And what is what does that what does that mean that we could we should kind of like take from that? And I think <laughs> I think this is a really interesting conversation. We're going to go through it super quickly. But I think I think I think some funny some funny things are gonna come out of it, and some even even more deep kind of like realizations. So for me, if that's do you mind if I do you mind if I like power on power on power on right, by all means. So for me, I think one of the first things that I quickly realized when I was kind of like linking up with my friends in the city. Um, or in my general office place, I thought, wow, exactly what my parents were saying, they are 100% right in the fact that being a person of colour in the workplace... Oh, I know. Colour? Black. (laughs) Black. I don't see (laughs) colour. So what is everybody? Grey? Is everyone grey, Janet? (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no, being black in the workplace. Being being black in the workplace is, it's flipping tough. <laughs> Sorry, I just spat all over. Are you dis- disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Um, yeah. It's it's tough. It's actually a bit mad, and your this constant like self censorship, I think, is really really strange. Not that it's overly done, because this is me talking. Like I'm, I'm pretty. I, I like to think that I'm I'm not overly pushed, but I'm pushing than the average bloke. Um, bloke, that's how you know this this nigger is not posh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But we, I we've been led astray, <laughs> run amok, bamboozled. I'll 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 actually say maybe I'll say privileged then. I've 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 had like my own privileges in life, but again my own struggles though at the same time, but. I would say being from a privileged background, going into the workplace and having a strong feeling of your colour in the workplace. I think it's also it's, important. It's important. It's a good point you make because it makes, it makes you realise like, I think there's this this massive myth that's taught to, it's taught to all sort of ethnic minority groups, but okay, this might be my bias, but I think it's, it's, it's something that's stressed to black people a lot more than anyone else that is. If you just follow the rules and play nicely and speak correctly and dress correctly, everything will be fine and all this stuff will disappear. But then, but then you, I don't know, you go to school, you don't have a criminal record, you get good grades, you go to a good university, you speak inverted commas correctly, whatever the fuck that means, and you go into a workplace and... The you, little, str- you struggle to get into that workplace yeah, first and you, and you <laughs> So you, you play by the rule book effectively as the... You, like, not saying we, we've strived to be like, the good immigrant, but we just, you know, like, don't have criminal records, haven't done any mad, mad things, like, whatever it is. But then, that you then start to realise that all of that doesn't even matter because 
your skin color is still the first thing people see. And even even That's if people still, even if people still speak to you, it's just a little thing. So obviously, like I say, we have gotten, yeah, have made some sort of progress. But like for example, in my um school, right, I'm I'm not actually choosing to go ahead with it, but I was offered um, the opportunity to like train with them and become a teacher with them. And I was only with the school to get like experience working with like kids and working with like kids who have like special needs, right? And so my the head teacher, like you know, standard middle aged white woman, was like, told me about the opportunities, yada yada yada, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll think about it. And then like she gave me until like February, whatever. So I didn't actually go through with it. But the one of the assistant heads is um, a black guy called David, and um, suddenly um, when it came close to near February, he was coming up to me like saying, oh, so what, what do you think about the, um, the the job role? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I still, I still think about it, but I don't think so. And he asked me once or twice or whatever. And that doesn't bother me because I think that's just, they just really wanted me to stay with them. But I was like, we all know, like, I remember when we were up in the staff room and I was, they were like, and the other teachers we were chatting and I was like, yeah, they, they got David to come up to me and ask me to keep on like to ask me a few times if I wanted to do it, and they they were like, and they were like, why did they get David to ask you? And then there was like an awkward silence. And I was like, I'll just say the joke. I was like, I was like, because he can speak to me. We both speak urban, so like he can speak to me in urban. I can speak to him back in urban, and then we we <laughs> to sort it out. But yeah, and then they were like laughing because like, oh, they were like, oh, we didn't want to say it, but it's just stuff like that where it's like. No one's called me the N-word. No one's called me... No one's asked me if I'm carrying a knife. <laughs> no one's said anything like that, which is wild racism. Mm. But it's that little kind of, like, reminders of, yep, that's yeah. your skin colour. That's what yeah. it is. So it's just stuff like that, because I feel like that's more where we are in the modern day with this conversation. Like, obviously, you still have overt cases of racism and still have that here and there and, you know, everything to do with Brexit has apparently brought things up more, even though I think it's a whole other conversation, which I don't think is technically accurate, accurate but then yeah a lot more of it today is more insidious and more I mean, like yeah. I've, I've got a really close friend I'm not going to name him mm. but he works in the insurance industry yeah and he actually um, he told me he realised in fact there may be there may be only say up to 10 15 working in the whole insurance industry who may be a black or person of minority colour, mm. yeah, working in that industry. And he said he had, like, this crazy moment where he then went to actually um, research the history of his insurance company and where the millions that the um, CEO, because it's a family-owned business, yeah. the millions that that CEO's family um, have, where they got all that money from. And yeah. it was actually from being one of the first insurance companies back in the day to actually insure slaves. slaves. I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. For to goodness, ensure... For goodness sake. Why, to why have we got To slaves as they travel. And now he's working within that company. Now trying yeah. to, like, make arguments as to why they need to employ a more diverse kind of... And it's so... When you it's have a sad, it's a weird irony. It's a sad it's irony. A, yeah. It's a strange irony because when you have like these deep rooted like kind of like social things that are kind of running through all of these companies, I it really it really kind of like staggers me as to like what's the what is the best thing that you do as a as a person of color in like these situations because it's really interesting and I'm and I'm not I've I've got an amazingly diverse friendship group which is like I'm super grateful for like I get on with a lot of different people from different walks of life. Um, 
and banter is banter. Like we all we all get like the inappropriate. I'm I'm king of inappropriate jokes. Do you know what I mean? Like you're the pope. Not even inappropriate. And there's and there's a lot of pope jokes. <laughs> that was just rude. But yeah. um, but that's but that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like still coming from that sense of um from that background of things, still almost having, like, this weird sense of, wow, like, you're very much a black guy when you walk into work. And I don't know why I feel like that, of all people. Because, well, you said, wait, how many black people are there in your workplace? In a... I, I live in... Yeah. I, I work in quite a liberal, like, um, workforce, a, a liberal industry, anyway. Yeah, but in your team? In my team, directly... There's no black people. Okay, exactly. Well, like, there's that's just it. Because at the end of the day, we can we can we can put, we can all push this bullshit. We're all the fucking same, and oh yeah, like I don't see color, but people see fucking color. They do, and they see my color. I know that because I know people speak. I can tell when someone speaks to me differently the way they speak to other people. Even though, even when I open my mouth and like they can and they like, fucking and I just don't. I'm not speaking fucking. <laughs> in French or in, like, Dutch or whatever. And it's clearly you can see that, hey, yeah, I live also in this country and I was also born in this country. And that's what I don't get because even if they want to have this differentiation between, like, us, which I think is all bullshit anyway, but, like, a certain type of black person and different kind of black person, we all still lived in the same England, though. We all still brought up... Like, we might have been brought up in different areas, but, like, you, you can say a joke about something... <coughs> So you can say a joke about something to do with, I don't know, EastEnders. It doesn't matter if you're brought, brought up in Peckham or if you're brought up in Milton Keynes, you're still going to get the joke. I feel like a lot, and for a lot, and that's probably one of my main grievances with it all, where it's just like, even, like regardless of what I tap into or what kind of music I listen to or what I wear, like, just calm down, innit? <laughs> just yeah. speak to you normally. But it goes, it goes all the way up to like someone like Diane Abbott, bro. Like, it's, it's literally like... Let's, if I start talking about her, I'll just get mad because <laughs> Auntie Diane is a champion and what she gets, it's just, it's indicative of where the country is and bad people just, like I said, we all, know, we all know the deal. You or you and me know the deal. Hopefully most people listening know the deal. Like, we can pretend it's, oh, she got one, she got made a mistake. But listen, if I had to be in front of cameras 24-7 doing like, talking about numbers and figures, yeah, I know it's her job and she's doing it for many years, well, you're gonna split up, slip up. Everyone does, but the fact that she's had like a few, literally had like was it a few slip ups, and then like, it was like one like specific one, which specific one which everyone launched onto. Yeah. Suddenly it's ah oh, she's an idiot. She's a uh, she's useless. This is a woman who went to was it Oxford or Cambridge, yeah. right? That was the first was the first black female MP. Went to Oxford and Cambridge, not like these days, but like back in the day. Yeah. Right. And she's now an idiot. So and apparently all of that is just erased because she made a speaking error. Uh, because it's, because yeah. and Brexit Barry with no GCCs thinks he can decide that. Nah, I'll, don't. It's fucking and it's nonsense. And people will say to have nothing to do with her skin color. But then you you had the person, yeah, you had the person who was in her, her, like, assistant who said she was shocked by the amount of, like, N-word comments she was getting <laughs> on the racial... Of course, but of course, that's what she's getting, because that's what it's about. Because the amount of... The amount of but I social media was, um, breeds extremism, you know? Like, well, this can't, like, I wouldn't say this country breeds extremism, but I feel like it existed without it. Like, it's a sentiment that a lot of people have 
And by, I'm glad you used the word extremism because I think that having those views are, is extremist. But a lot of people think it's just sensible views and it's just sticking up for this country. But at the end of the day, there's no there's no real reason to be speaking to her like that. And the same people who say, oh yeah, I condone, I don't condone her being screamed the N-word at her, but it's fine for me to call an idiot. You, you do realise you're playing in the same book. You're in the same chapter. So don't, don't fucking try that. And yeah, it's just like, I think it was Philip Hammond who made the, make, mis- the mistake about the HS2 link from... London to yeah. he said it was gonna cost fifty two billion cost thirty two billion pounds and it was actually gonna cost fifty two billion pounds. No national outrage of him as an idiot because why? It's quite interesting. It's quite interesting <laughs> as to why he didn't. But um fucking <laughs> Diane Abbott, what she does. I mean so, what's for me I I do feel like kind of like the end the end thing for me about all of this is kind of having conversations with people and almost breaking down those barriers which is it's so weird in this day and age that i have to break a stereotype after i'm i've received like a higher education i work at one of the biggest companies like in the world still nigger like jay-z said still nigger it's it's crazy that's it it. like it's crazy because at the end of the day like that's what that's the idea of racism isn't about is it's a trap and it's a trick to think you can fight racism by just being a good, good black person. That's not how it works. And yet, and a lot of people would like to think that, oh yeah, if you are just... But do you fight it by just being the best black person though? Well, that's what, that's what we're taught though. We're taught that, you know, you have to but do, do you think you do, 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 do twice as good to get half but as far. Do you, do you think that actually the way you destroy kind of like these feelings of the reason why topics like this exist, like being black in the workplace... Do you think it's actually by just destroying that whole narrative, like actually break that down? Because if you, when you look at the history of racism, it didn't exist until the French Revolution. Yeah, the kind of nature of the kind of modern day racism, of kind of like the scientific racism of like certain races and like are oh, less intelligent, less. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, 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 a relative, it's, it's a relatively recent thing. So but, if we just destroy that whole concept, like you are you. Like fundamentally no, no, telling like, you that no, you I had, are my, just my, my, every time I had this conversation, I said this isn't it's it's an academic conversation, not a moral one. Academic, I said like it's until we start treating racists like people who say the earth is flat, then we're not going to move forward because what the way the a lot of the narratives surrounding racism today is that racism but is I'm bad. About the light racism, no, but exactly no, but it's all part of the same book because it's like because what what we get to today is that. Not that racism is not only has obviously extremely immoral consequences, but it's just fundamentally untrue, like demonstrably false. But it's it's, it's also but where we are today is that like it's it might be kind of true, but you shouldn't say it because it's mean. But that's not and until until we push this idea that until we literally can until until it's mainstreamly set out on on Question Time or all these shows that racism is like a laughably false. Race like laughably false science like pseudo scientific ideology that has been disproved time after time after time. Yeah, right. And that we should just and and that it was only pushed to kind of push certain foreign policies of invading foreign lands and kind of justification for it until that is the set standard. But and we build a conversation from there. You, now, you're gonna have you, elements of it. Do of you course. think? Do you think so? I had this situation one time where I think it was um it was a Friday and there was a particularly like there was a lot of like grand music getting played in the office and then one of my colleagues bless her soul she goes oh, I don't I don't like this it's a little bit black it's a, bit, it's a bit too black in there it's a bit too black in there for me a bit too black in there for me she, 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 she did go 
Um, you know what? It's oh, it's, it's 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 a bit. Feels like I'm in a nightclub. Feels like it's it's it's, it's eleven a.m. Feels, feels like I'm in a nightclub. Wait, wait, you actually? I can't even. Yeah, I was about to say you were blaring, blaring grime at eleven a.m. No, because it's no it's, listen, blaring at ten a.m. But do, do you know what I mean? But for me, like I was nodding my head, thinking, "Yep, yep, yep." Mm. Whereas she's actually like outraged at it. However, Led Zeppelin's been playing in the morning. And no one said nothing. <laughs> no, no, but, that, but that's exactly People it. were like, oh, I just missed the good old days. <laughs> I, miss, I miss the good old days. Oh. Let your head down. But that's, but to me, it's not racist. Don't get me wrong. I'm not claiming that's racist. However, it definitely made me feel very yeah. black and made you feel other but that's the point whether we Which, can, we can, I don't know if, if you're you are a minority in a white country yes that's true however constantly having these affirmations that you're different yeah I think is dangerous for the general psyche of a whole sector of society that is a, extremely valued in society as well yeah no and that's that's pretty much it in the sense that like that's pretty much it um, in the sense that, like, being othered regularly is always going to have an effect on you. And I think that's why people, when people talk about maybe issues of assimilation, black black, black people have been here for, for years, have, I feel like I've done well assimilating. But at the same time, until we can have a, until a set dual identity is accepted as a, fi- like, yeah. as a fine standard, and that we can just, you know, be like, we can be black British, and we can be Nigerian British, and we can be whatever, and that... But I think at the same time, though, there are certain things which aren't which are lower down in the list, like stuff like that, which is plays into the whole book of like rap related to blackness, related to violence, related to heaviness. Hence the reason why it's playing at eleven in the morning is a bit too much. But a, a sound, a song which sounds even more like rock, like death metal songs. Not saying Led Zeppelin is, but like rock songs which can sound equally as intense for eleven a.m. might be fine. That's that stuff is that not it's not just it's it's all part of the same kind of playbook, but I think it's something that will then be hit on the heads as we tackle the bigger issues. It's it's you know it's interesting. Yeah, I think there's more to be said on it at a later date, definitely. But that kind of like ties us in beautifully into <laughs> into a very very funny like kind of like place. But yeah. I mean, we'll 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 catch up on this later. I think I think it's definitely worth the conversation. Yeah, no, but to 100%. but to speak on a completely different matter, but still related to the workplace. Could you ever date someone in your workplace? Like for me, I think that's that's a conversation to be had. So me personally, there's no way I'm ever dating a girl. That never dating a girl. That I work with. Okay, all right, just to. But yes, I only date women. <laughs> Unlike my colleague. <laughs> on the other wait, wait, side here. Yep. Listen. That's a I, par. I know you like girls. <laughs> Children. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, that's, that's, that's strike five. <laughs> um, I'm about to bash you over the head. With a kosh. Help. <laughs> yeah, um... So dating in the workplace. Dating. Yeah. No, okay. So, like, it's, it's obviously, it's multi-layered. Dating in the workplace. Could you could you do that? Could I date in the workplace? Um, that's that's quite a big question you're asking, man. I don't know. I like maybe I could date in the workplace. It depends. I I wouldn't want to date in the workplace knowing that I 
may get into competition with the girl I'm dating. I feel like I like girls who are quite competitive, quite like strong-headed. Yeah. And I think I like that. <laughs> not in the realms of my workplace, but just because, like, not that I'm a bad loser. I am a bad loser, let me say. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm definitely a bad loser. But at the same time, I think it's more just a case of, like, it just... Work can be tiring as it is, and then I like having that kind of dual life where I can come away from my workplace and just, you know, chill, be at home, not have to worry about the stress of the workplace. Because if, say, for example, I've taken a loss at work where my girlfriend's done well, obviously I'd be happy for her. But if I go home and she's buzzing over it, I have to be happy for her while at the same time deep in the L rather than being in a situation where I can get away from that. So I just wouldn't want to see my missus at work i just don't think i ever. I don't think you'd want to see her at home either you don't even want to see her like uh... <laughs> i don't know where you're going with this one <laughs> seriously at coffee shops only on wednesday afternoons between two and four my imaginary girlfriend <laughs> no i i honestly i, w- I would not want to see her at work i need space plain and simple the fact that somebody, somebody would even want to eat where they shit or shit where they eat, I don't know how the saying goes. Personally, yeah. no, nah, not for me. I need space. I need to be able to have platonic relationships with the people I work with. It's an interesting turn of phrase. So I think what Bola just said, or King Kale's just said before I got onto him, that he thinks relationships are akin to eating shit. <laughs> and me personally, I don't know about you listening me personally, I I think that's quite like a negative view to take on it. I'd, I see I mean, it more it's as... What, it's whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. You, well, your boat's going to sink because that is a terrible action. A, ter- a terrible way to look at it. Ah, for me, it's not shitting where I eat. It's it's partying where I eat. It's, what, eat, it's eating your, in bed. At your workplace, though. No, but okay. Look, like I can say... You can't party all day and all night. <laughs> the problem, okay, for me, the main problem at work, though, would be... The distraction of having men move mad because men always move mad everywhere when it comes to women. And, like, if, like I said, or like I've always felt, like, if George from Accounting is getting my wife, my wife, my girlfriend flowers, George from Accounting is going to catch his hands. Is this after you guys have, like, broken up? No. Some so, that's why I said move mad. Like, say, for example, he's like, oh my god, I really, I saw that you like those flowers because. For a lot of people, until you're married... That's wild. Until you're married, it's fair game. Even when you're married, it's fair game for some people. So you're saying no man's ever tried to move to a girl in a relationship. Is that what really you're saying on this podcast? Yeah, but that's that's exactly the same as moving to a girl that's married. Like, there's there's no difference. Yeah, that's what I just said. But I'm saying... You're saying... But you're saying, oh, it's off limits until they're married. No, no, but I just said... I said, you know, even, even still in marriage... Some a lot some men do, but that's the point. Like in your workplace, like obviously it's all about trusting your. But I know you probably, work there. Yeah, but they saying, they know you work there though. Like. That's why it's a double disrespect because <laughs> because I feel like a lot of times you gotta be the weakest guy in your office block. Have you? If okay. someone's actually got the audacity. Tell me, to tell me this, tell me this. And when I say weak, I don't mean physically. <laughs> I just mean your whole aura is just, just weak. weak. Just <laughs> exactly, and I'm saying like okay. Tell me this. Tell me you've never tried to test the confidence of a man by flirting with his girlfriend. I haven't, but you're a scumbag, so... In front of him? Beside him? Behind him? On top of his head? I mean, I'll pay a beautiful woman compliments <laughs> anywhere I go, to be honest. 
and you're listening to Scumbag FM, <laughs> where we have <laughs> we have our first guest today, King K. So, <laughs> so, so, bro, tell me what it was like when you dated your colleague when you're at your placement. Tell, tell us. Uh, I would like to, I would, I would like to be a, a terrorist. <laughs> you shall not see the kingdom of heaven. You shall not see. <laughs> The kingdom of heaven doesn't reside in you. What was it like for me dating in the workplace? Well, there are many words. That's I can, messy. There's it's many very, words I can use to. Um, it's very messy. It. It's very messy. It was exciting, <laughs> exhilarating, frantic, nonsense. <laughs> Lasted about three seconds. Yeah. I heard. Uh, <laughs> Bruh. Um, I'm going to cut that. That's going to get bleeped. So when you hear a bleep, just can we clap so I remember what's a bleep when I'm editing? Clap, clap. No. Clap. <laughs> We're keeping that. <laughs> no, but um, well, I forgot what I was saying. No, yeah, dating in the workplace. No, it's fine. When you're first... <laughs> He's sweating, ladies it, and gentlemen. Is, is it hard in here? <laughs> when you, okay, when you're first dating someone in the workplace, it's exciting because you're in like the... Kissing behind, you know, lips in behind closed doors and like oh, little flirting things here and there. Mads. Help bear health code violations. But um <laughs> but then when it goes wrong, it's just messy. Like I was seeing a girl when I was, you know, in the unless <laughs> some time ago, we were not specified the time <laughs> or the <laughs> the date or the place who I worked with. Just and- just in case there's any overlap. <laughs> <laughs> overlap? N- never. Never me. But yeah, no, she um it was all good at first, but I think she was she was not from the UK. She was from France. And she I think she was looking for an English king. She was looking for an English prince. And I just wasn't the one for her. Like firstly I'm a Nigerian. But secondly, also I was I was I was in a place where I wanted anything quite serious. And to my um what's the word, to my respect, to my um in my in my defence. Yeah. I did specify that to her when we first started seeing each other, which is welcome to Scumbag <laughs> FM. Our first guest today, no, but that's what I think that's what it's all about. It's mostly about communication, and she was like, "Yeah, like she told me that she'd seen one guy before, but he got too obsessed with her, and she just wasn't in the mood for." That was your boss. <laughs> never, never. But yeah, then she was like, um, "It got too serious, so I didn't want to, you know, I cut that off." I was like, yeah, good. I don't want anything serious either. So we did a thing, and it was all fun and games until like I, it just started to wear off. Then she started to like throw sarky comments at me and just say I'm not making as much of an effort. And I was like, this isn't what is in, in, this what, is, in what sense? I was like, this isn't what sixty minute makeover, man. Leave me alone. Like I just what do you mean I'm not making enough effort? But anyway, she um eventually um, so many jokes. <laughs> then what? Basically, one day what happened is that I went to I went on a night out, like completely platonic, friendly, nothing happened night out with this not, another girl from a, um, from work, and then I don't even know why two girls was, from work, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Listen, I was there for a while. I can you know I can spread my wings, learn how to fly. I'm a peacock. You got <laughs> but yeah, she, um, went on a night out with a friend. It was all chill and all calm. Then it got leaked at work that like a new mixtape like that I went out with this girl <laughs> and then suddenly she started moving mad she was like she did this weird thing where I was like because I hadn't technically done anything wrong because by, by this point we hadn't really been we weren't really seeing each other anymore 
she did this thing where she was like pretending to be super close to the girl. I was like, oh, oh my God, this girl, me and her are such best friends. And she would always clearly be doing it in front of my face for sure. And I was like, I really actually don't care. And like, I thought she thought it would mean like, I don't know what she was trying to say. Like, I think she was trying to stop anything happening between me and her. Yeah. So I was like, oh, if she's my friend now, then you can't get close to her. That, even though that is in no way an actual deep defense. It's, it's all very mad, bro. But yeah, so stuff like that, that kind of nonsense where after it breaks off and like random strangers. How do you recover from that? Because obviously you saw her at work. Um, I left that job like a few months, like a month and a half afterwards. Well, we all did, but um, it was fine. She what just, was that month and a half like? It was, it was weird. I think we, we eventually got to like a fairly civil place. But, like, that's a civil place I was at for, like, a month before that. But she did invite... And then she just, like, calmed down and started speaking to me properly. But then, yeah. I think at that point, she was completely, like, turned off me 100%. As if, like... At, at some times, I was like, should I go back there? But then I was like, nope. Nope. No, no. It's a, it's a damn... It's a damn shame, bro. Because she was French. <laughs> Can't lie. That's, that's the only reason. Listen... Like, French stops being sexy when it's being swear at you loudly. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> made, made, yeah. what's, what's, what's really um, interesting to me is that I actually, I work with a lot of females at, at my place. And I just find the dynamics that they bring to the workplace, like, super interesting. I mean, there was one where I'd say she would, she would never, ever, like, make an effort or anything. Then one beautiful girl, like, walks into the building... And then for the next two weeks straight, I'm seeing makeup, hair laid. I'm seeing outfits. I'm seeing diversity. I'm seeing looks. I'm seeing... I'm like, whoa! So she saw another female enter the... Literally! Another woman, I should say. Another woman entering the arena and then... Or whoever she um, identifies as. (laughs) Females apparently a wrong thing to say. I've been awoken to. Because apparently it's man and female, and females could be a lion or a duck or a goose. <laughs> like, I don't know why I went for those. This levels. world is going crazy, yeah. guys. Apparently, man, woman, woman in it. So a woman walked in, oh. she was threatened by another one, and then it caused her to pattern up. But I think that's just competition in general. Like, but it's like I said, but that's mad. But it's mad that she's also figured out that using her sexuality is yeah. supposed to be good for her in the workplace, which is also wild. What the new one? The old one. Obviously, she's threatened. <laughs> and she came with him. She you came with him. She had to pattern up, and she did. Oh, ooh. did she have to? Though? But I think to get her own goals that clearly she felt she needed to attain via <laughs> those strategies. You know them. T- <laughs> you know when they have them adverts and they're under they have terms <laughs> and conditions. They say really quickly. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not saying that she has to use her beauty to achieve in the workplace. It's, it's to me, bro. I think it's actually, I think it's actually wild. I don't know. For me, also, there's no way. There's no way I could ever go anywhere near anybody at work. I would never want to like shit where I eat or any of that. Like, I just think I think it makes the whole thing messy. Like I could never break up with a girl at work. And then, like, just see her out and about doing a thing. Your chest would be hot. Your head would be hot. If, like... Outside, out of mind, bro. Yeah, no. Like, that. if we're breaking up, I'm getting you fired. <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing from the company and putting the records in your desk. I'm... Honestly, I'm recording that conversation where you're slagging off your boss. 
and getting you fired. Just as backup. Yeah, no, but I do think is anyone who says they wouldn't want to date someone in the workplace, I fully understand. Like, like I said, but if they were, but some people worldly, do it like yourself. Hmm? Oh, what's your worldy? Hmm? <laughs> hmm? What? I'm not gonna lie, there was better vowels than what you just said, so I didn't really pick up. You said that, but if she's a worldy, you're definitely gonna date her, right? Mm-hmm. So was the was the one that you were what? Was she a worldy? You gotta you gotta get closer to the was mic. She, I can't she, hear you. Listen, I'm not coming any closer. If <laughs> I bang your fucking face, <laughs> she was she, yeah, she was nice. So you went through all of that for nice. nice. (laughs) For nice. Don't listen to whatever this guy says. Lowercase n. I'm not not dating a guy at work for nice. I can get nice. The body is weak, but the spirit spirit is strong. There's so many connotations of what I just heard. Okay, but yeah, like... Uh, you grow and you learn. See, I've grown, I've learned, and I w- might do it again. To be fair, though, I do you believe in like pretty privilege in the workplace? I don't, you don't have to believe in it. It's a, it's a it's a fact of life. Like, that do you see it happening? Like you see, oh, she's fit, she's going, she's going far. Well, it depends what. Or what, he's fit, he's it, going far. It depends what kind of job you're in, because obviously I work, I work in education, so not necessarily. But if you're working in a lot of like. If you're working like a business, yeah, say if you've like got client up, facing, yeah, all it, that kind of stuff. especially client facing. That's mm. why so many like estate agents are good looking and stuff like that. Because when you're taking when you're taking money out of people's pockets, like you want to look at something nice while it's happening <laughs> to pacify them. I'm Dis- sure distract them. <laughs> I'm sure there's exactly. I'm sure there's enough like studies done on like the amount of money people are meant to part. I would like to part with the more attractive the seller is. Like, yeah. it's just a known fact. I'm pretty privileged. Of course, it works in life. Like, can you say? You've never experienced, not saying you're disagreeing with me, but have you ever experienced a time where you know a situation has gone better for you because of like a physical attribute you have, whether it be just the base level, like moving to someone or someone moving to you, or just a situation where you know you are more accepted because you are seen as... What, are you saying, have I got away with it if I feel like... So if you, basically, if you didn't follow the laws of source, yeah, right... And you're any old, almost physically, any old Tinder, right? Do you think certain situations wouldn't have gone as well as for you as they have? Say, I, d- yeah. I, I think it's more. I think it's more personality, though. Yeah, but I mean, that's for me. I'm talking I about the whole package. I know. I know. You start off pretty privileged, but laws of source incorporates everything. Yeah, so I mean, the source is forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> the juice. Yes, the juice temporary. is temporary. <laughs> the sauce. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like good personalities gets you out of more situations than a pretty face. Although, if you're a pretty, a, if you're a man, if you're a man, if you're a, if you're it, because not because I don't think a lot of good good looking girls don't have a good personality because I think that's a lot of them do, but I feel like. You can you're you're more likely to get away with having a shit personality as a good looking girl than you're as a good looking man. Mainly because I feel like society's mainly run by men and men don't have as much time for dickhead guys. That's why it's all about but because really real that's why realistically in the hundreds of thousands of films we've seen produced and made over the past, it's all about a charismatic guy and a pretty girl. Because that's meant to basically it represents it's a reflection of society as to what effectively gets you further. Like obviously the guy's often good looking too, but it's more just about 
he's good looking, but he's also like yeah, he's massive. Got a bit about well, him. the woman, you know, quite sexistly, it's usually like oh, she's a bit ditzy, but also like just very good looking, very pretty, and yeah, yeah. So that whole societal mainstreamly attractive privileged definitely exists. Hundred percent. Yeah, a, it's an interesting one. I can't lie. But I'd, me personally, I would say that I'd say that one, I could never date a girl in the workplace. Two, I would, I'd definitely say being prettier probably helps. But I don't know. Some, yeah, sometimes you're just a dickhead. You and, would, and me, you wouldn't experience it because you're clapped. But like, <laughs> like during my experience, uh, like, it's definitely being. Is, is clapped better than nice or worse? <laughs> 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 Don't talk. <laughs> Segway. Let me get into your track of the week, bro. Track of the week. My track of the week, which has taken me through every gym session this week and got me a few PBs too, was is, is an old one. It's two names for it. So it's called Doing It Again by Skepta. It's on his album, hey. Great, on his album Greatest Hits. It's an old old one. It's it's an old school too, too but like I've been banging that song for years now, and every single time. Skepta over Wiley. I'm just letting you know. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Doing it again. cool lyrics there is like just as like one just an inspiration to um the culture and like kind of like taking taking not only grime london british culture to like the world but also nigerian culture like yeah. skepta so such a, such a good point like skepta is like actually my guy big big inspiration for me i, I mainly got into grime like back in i don't know it's like I was like probably year seven, year eight, watching the Westwood freestyles. Yeah. Like, yeah. Skeptics Westwood freestyle, both of them were consecutive years. I think they were 2008, 2009, and, um, and the BBK Halloween freestyle. Ooh. That, that, Ooh. that is. Like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skeptor, you, you are my guy. All right, what about you? Track of the week. Ooh. Oh, it's a hard one, bro. Um,. I think my track of the week, it's going to have to be... Ah, oh, this is really hard. I really should have had this prepared. <laughs> <laughs> what, song um, you, what song were you banging earlier when we were... Um, it, that was good. That was good. But you know what? I'm oh, going to... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to shout out um, JD Cliff, Fleet... Um, Repping North West London. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. 
so missed How you coming at me? You smoking me? Stay on your lane Boys, you thinkin' they gon' flee? Boys, you thinkin' they gon' flee? Niggas ain't fuckin' with me Bring the whole army up, bring the whole fleet Ay. I'm so missed How you coming at me? You smoking me? Stay on your lane Boys, you thinkin' they gon' flee? Boys, you thinkin' they gon' flee? Niggas ain't fuckin' with me Bring the whole army up, bring the whole fleet Ay. Bring the whole fleet I made some stats with my G's, it's been a hell of a week I bring the whole team She was a tease, but I was a tease Um, yeah, a, a very, an artist that I'm pretty close to Um, he's got, he had his, uh, his latest project called Neon Jungle It was, yeah, this, this, this tune, it gets your head bopping It's got a nice hard bass line yeah, New up and coming? Yeah, new up, up and coming artist Go and support um, that then Yeah, OVO that, uh, OVA, Team OVA mm. um, I was about to say that, man's yeah. <laughs> not, not quite OVO yet but, um, Pending. yeah, it's coming, man. Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for them. I think they're doing their thing. And JD Cliff is definitely a major talent not to be slept on. So, yeah. Moment, moment of the week, bro. Give me your moment of the week. Moment of the week is actually a good one. In, um, during at work this week, we had this, um, rabbi come in. Okay. And he was, like, speaking to the kids. Kids? He was speaking to the kids about, like, um, um, just the Jewish Judaism and what. but he just did it in such like the most interesting kind of way like the amount of really? things I learned like just for example like did you know we eat the, the hollow Easter eggs were meant to represent the tomb that Jesus the hollow I didn't even know that well, I, I think well, I kind of this knew is it, supposed like, to be very loose yeah loose yeah it was anyway, supposed to be a very loose connection but he was talking about how like you know they were like he was like oh what's Jesus what's Jesus' mum's name and um and then I was like, oh, Mary. And he was like, yeah, but like, you know, you know that it couldn't possibly be Mary because Mary's not like, isn't like, it's in English. And obviously at the time, it was, and just stuff like that. He was basically, because a majority of the kids in my school are Muslim. And, um, and there's a few Christians and I think like one or two Hindus. And um, he was just basically talking about how like, effectively pointing out there was more things in the religions which were similar than there was that was different. And that, how Judaism and Islam, and obviously to do with, obviously you have all that conflict to do with like Israel and Palestine. So he was just, I think his general message was about all the things that, um, re- like that basically are inherently similar between Judaism yeah. and um, Islam and how they're the two closest Abrahamic religions. And yeah, you know, he let the kids try on kip- like kippahs, kippahs, yeah. what And, um, yeah, no, it was, it was just it was just a really interesting thing because like I was at the point where it was near the end of the week, I was tired. Like we were told a rabbi was coming in, but he was really engaging. It was like <laughs> you also, I was I was head at the end of a long ass week. <laughs> thinks he just says, "Listen, yo, I we got the rabbi coming in." He's like, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was actually happy because it meant I didn't have to teach my. Um, it meant I didn't have to teach my um, intervention groups. Okay, so that's, that's I was like, I, I get to, I get to, I get that's to. A, that's lovely relief. <laughs> I was like, I get to fucking sit there and just space out. So I was like, sick. But it was actually like he was proper engaging and like. I love that. I, love, I I genuinely do was, think that. I'm always I'm always happy to learn more stuff. Yeah, about. Religious leaders have so much to say, and I actually think it's really we're gonna get a religious leader on the show at at some point. Yeah. Actually, from various different um, backgrounds, I think that will be really interesting. Yeah. To kind of like challenge their beliefs, challenge their um kind of thoughts on things compared to ours and like hopefully come out with some like really cool discussion points yeah 
Um, my moment of the week. Ah, I sound like such a savage compared to you. Um, you are. So you are. Wait, hold on one sec. You are. <laughs> testing, testing, <laughs> testing, testing. Um, so I was watching an amazing documentary on Netflix and recently. Netflix. Okay. <laughs> Netflix. Okay. Shout out X videos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was I was watching yeah I was watching this really interesting documentary. I'm sure all of the listeners are probably tuned into it, watched it, or have heard of it. Fire Festival. Five, I haven't. I'm, I've seen all the memes on Twitter, but I haven't actually watched it. I just know there's one guy who's gonna suck someone's dick <laughs> for fucking. Bro, that was my moment of the <laughs> week. So uh, no, you can this this this, it, this this moment during Fire Festival must have had me <laughs> rolling around with laughter. So effectively, the leader um, of this crazy festival that I was trying to go on, they were like, "Listen, bro, we we need this Evian water." <laughs> no, a bit more background to it. Like, what's like a bit more to the oh to the actual festival? So yeah. basically, these guys are running a festival. Um, and they, they effectively lied to thousands and thousands of people. Thousands they, of rich kids, which made yeah, it even funnier. Yeah, so they um, ran a huge campaign. Um, ja Rule was involved as well in like, owning this company, um, who actually had a really cool app at the beginning, which was all based around um, being making it easier to book major artists for like parties, like your birthday party or yeah. a wedding, all of this kind of stuff, without constantly paying middlemen before yeah. you get to the right bit. So, we we reached this, um, they thought, okay, in the launch of this app, we want to throw the um, biggest cultural social moment of the decade. Let's go to an inhabited island, throw a massive music festival there, and launch the app off the back of that. That's, yeah. like, huge exposure. They got, like, Kylie Jenner, didn't they? They got Kylie Jenner, um, Kendall Jenner, they had Bella Hadid. They had some of the major social media influencers around the world fly in, shoot an incredible promo video, which was also really jokes. Um, when you had like it was basically a massive party for like two weeks in this on this mad island that apparently Pablo Escobar used to own. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's incredibly funny is that these guys have gone onto this island, they were genuinely just trying to have a fucking party. And they were just using this festival promo idea as, like, this kind of route to do whatever the fuck they wanted. So I remember there was one night they had lit a massive fire on the beach and everyone's, like, huddled, like, it's pretty cold. they got blankets around and then Ja Rule just gets up and says, everyone, let's just, let's just get in the sea. Come on, let's all get <laughs> wet. Ja, <laughs> like Ja Rule was just up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the deep kind of croak voice. Yeah. Like, Come on, go. Yeah. Let's, let's all get in the sea, guys. And the models are like, why, Ja Rule? <laughs> I don't want to get in the water. Say, <laughs> like, no, 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 it's, it's going to be an amazing shot. It's going to be an amazing <clears> shot. I <throat> see so you had this funny stuff like this happening. And so further and further along they're going, they're realising, fuck, this festival's going to cost an incredible amount of money. And it, keeps, it gets moved to a different island. They're not able to get the things in time. There's like 21 days to go. And they're really struggling to actually put on an actual festival. And so uh, you reach a really funny point where they're realising, fuck, we need to find a way of actually providing drinking water to thousands of people that have paid 
some people paid hundreds of thousands for the actual festival and there's no actual drinking water <laughs> for them on the island. And so they've transported like a huge crate of Evian water and it's getting held at customs because they still owe customs like hundreds of thousands. And so the guy that's leading this fire festival movement, this guy called Billy, I can't remember his second name, he just tells like um, his... I don't know what role this guy had, <laughs> but he was like, he, the way the guy told the story was so fucking joke. He was basically like, listen, you're you're an incredible leader. You're you're an incredible gay leader. We're we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to take one for the team. <laughs> and what did they ask him to do? I say the way this guy told the story, he was basically told, um, you're you have to go to customs. Find the head of Custer's and suck his dick <laughs> for some Evian water. Oh, oh hell no. Oh, oh hell. That is mad. And, and you know what? I was actually rolling around laughing because he, he fully said, you know what? I was fully prepared to do it. I, I went back, had a shower, took a shot and went... And was prepared to suck this man's dick. <laughs> and the guy looks at me and he said, It's okay, you can have the water. <laughs> you don't you don't need to <laughs> So no, no. that was that was gen- <coughs> genuine funny, funny moment. I was actually laughing. Um because they, they, they really fucked up. And it just goes to show you that in this world of social media and social and almost as well of influencers how how much influence they actually have is scary mm. but also how far from the real world that social media actually is mm. and never believe forget everything you read on the internet kids exactly always always remember that tertiary things it. that we can like see feel and know about and have experience with are so much more valuable than just an Instagram post that you may have seen fucking Kendall Jenner post. Although, Kendall, I love you. Hit <laughs> us up. Come on the pods. Um, All right. I mean, I, I think that's us then. I think that's us for this week. Yeah, I think, I think that's a good place. That's a good place. Do you want to plug anything? Um, plug Tish, always. If you're looking to find the new voice um, that's going to be kind of like speaking on... Um, untold stories speaking on um culture british culture from a new point of view tish is the place tish is the garments that you need to be wearing it's the culture join the culture um it's gonna be an incredible ride and the visuals are looking insane they're looking sick they're looking honestly some of the best clothes i've seen this the past 23 years <laughs> how old am i 22 exactly at t-s-c-h go and follow hit us up it's very important it's gonna be lit yeah um as always by the time this drops i think i should have had my next blog post up so go read both of those um it's at speakout.wordpress.com um, on the the e on speak is a free because i'm long and difficult so speak out of a free and yeah um socials you can follow me on instagram ayo underscore aa and on twitter ayo underscore aa 13 
his bank account details are also don't follow this guy's a waste man follow follow me if don't you want to see some incredible content at let me be k on all social platforms um yeah dm me if you're paying cool <laughs> dm him if um, clap to you he takes them all <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Later's Yam and Egg right, on the yam podcast. And egg. Have a good one. It's lit.